Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series with Monty Beetham. The story continues. From the highs of being named captain in the same year, there were lows. The knee injury suffered meant you didn't play the back end of the year, including the club's first ever GF. You had rehabbed, as we would expect you to do, to the point where you're actually 18th man and frustratingly close, but you didn't play. Does that still hurt? You know what? It, it hurts me. It doesn't hurt, uh, but like I, I never once that I would go to Ando and put pressure on him to put me in the team. Mm. Although I'd put pressure on everyone else, uh, leading up to it, letting them know how hard I'm training, constantly yep. telling them whose position am I going to take, uh, trying to get the best out of them. I train more than I've ever trained before because I'd go to training in their ears, helping them out, helping them ride through these great periods, and um, then validating what they're doing, but then doing my own training in the sense that, you know what, straight away when I got injured, I thought about what's my goals what's next what am I going to do I didn't dwell I dwelled on it for about a a month but I knew that it was a six month um, at best process of getting back from a knee operation Uh, so I knew there's a Kiwi tour end of year I had made the Kiwis the the year before it was an England tour that'll be nice to go on but ideally I could do both I could make the grand final if we're in the grand final and at that stage I was talking this way when we hadn't even you know it was at our first year in the playoffs the year previous uh, and, but that's what I do. What's next? What's next? And it's plan and it's, it's aim for something rather than being down in the dundrums. Um, but yeah, I was 18th man. Um, I spoke to Sticky after the game and he thought I was going to play. A lot of people thought I was going to mm. play. I didn't think I was ready to play. Um, and, and obviously Daniel didn't as well. But, um, you know, I, I can't believe that I never put pressure on him. I never put pressure on him at all. Never once asked the question, are you going to play me? Or I want to play. And, and I, I, don't, I don't know if that's, Normal of most players in that situation. Maybe they do want to play. Maybe I wasn't up to it. But then I got to go on a Kiwi tour and I played more tests than I played um, NRL games that year. <laughs> I think that's called professionalism and that's called team first mentality. And that also goes back to culture. And we've spoken a bit about culture so far, but you didn't put your hand up directly to the coach, but to the players and your teammates for the betterment of the team. You were there and around and putting pressure on them to let them know they needed to lift, otherwise you were coming. Yeah, that's two ways to that. So that's pressure on them to get the best out of them to go forward. But it's also by me challenging you, I have to work harder myself. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's you know I I think a mentality has been a big part of my success over the years mm. and will continue to be so because 
Oh, we there's a lot of self talk that goes on in our mind right now, mm-hmm. and it's been happening for a long time, and it always happens, you know. And I always tell people if if that self talk is good, turn it up, embrace it, enjoy it. If that self talk is bad, you got to turn that shit off. Yep, you just you just got to get away with it. Um, uh, but I always, you know, when when I'm tired, I quite often challenge those in and around me because by challenging them, those in and around me. I have to lift. I have to go again. So it, it's 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 a way of pushing myself and making myself accountable. Um, so, yeah, that's right. But you know, that was the big thing. Like I really did want to drive that team, and it was huge. But the his, you know, it was just crazy. The hype in and around um, the Warriors. I remember as each playoff happened and we would come back from Australia, it would take us an hour, hour thirty to get out. What would normally be like a three to five minute walk. Uh, this was the playoff series. It just wow. blew up over here, man. And everyone just jumped on the bandwagon. And uh, you know, for for a short period of time, rugby league was really up there. And the great thing about that, when you do the math. Um, because of the Warriors of 2001, 2002, 2003, people like Sean Johnson chose yep. rugby league. You know, the great player that he is, the Benji Marshalls, mm. because of that era of those players, and sometimes I don't think about it until a little bit gone, some of the great players that we've got in the game now is because of the Stacey Jones, because of the Kevin Campions, because of what we're able to do to just, you know, to persuade a few young guys growing up who once upon a time were like me and everyone just wanted to be an all black. So that's nice to change uh, the future a little bit of the way and perception of uh, people think about the great game of rugby league. That side and yourself certainly left a, a indelible footprint on the game, not only in New Zealand, in Australia too, I'll, I'll have you know. Those three years, do you look back satisfied or do you look back and think, we missed an opportunity here? Don't do it, Andy. Don't oh, do it, man. no. Because that's, that's right. Um, like I was talking to Sione Farmer, we were doing a little bit of Sky TV and he said he had spoken to Wayne Bennett and uh, when he left and he was going to, I think the Cowboys, he was talking to the Broncos and Wayne Bennett goes, what's happening over there? And Sione goes, what? what What do you mean? He goes, I thought you guys would have won three premierships by now. Oh. You know, and hearing that all these years later and mm. realizing what we had before our, before our time and how good we were. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that, are good and don't quite get there for whatever reason. So you know we've got to we've got to take that um, on the chin ourselves. But yeah, I I, th- I felt we got a little bit too big for our boots in terms of the the leadership up top and them taking their eye off the ball a little bit okay. because back then they're back then they're talking about um, you know some of the guys going to rugby union. They were talking yep. about owning the Harlequins and Stacey, myself and Arwen were going to be uh, equity partners in that and we're going to be playing for the Harlequin. Uh, well, I mean for the London Broncos. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of other stuff in and around that, which yep. was well before its time in terms of business um, thoughts and uh, models. But look, we just had to concentrate on what we were doing. Uh, Daniel Anderson had a fixation with um, the 2003 team, that the Panthers, that we could not beat. Uh, they mm. would always outmuscle us. They would beat us. So in 2004, uh, that preseason was all about getting big and strong. And we were big and strong. Did it take away from our game and the 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 conditioning in terms of uh, con games that we used to do and the and the fierce competitive nature we had, probably, yes, it did. Um, maybe we got a bit too big for our boots, uh, players included. But it, it is a real shame when I look back at it now, man. The role of enforcer, it was your role. Were you comfortable with that? 
Um, early on, I was, I was comfortable with it because I realized that um, you've all got to play your parts. Um, yep. But later on, um, man, there'll be times Andy will go to the game. And my wife will be dropping me off. She'll go, please no fights today. Yeah. And I and I felt for her, man. I yeah. really did felt for her, I feel for her. And there'll be times where Mick Watson will give me the look in the eye and uh, before we go out. And I'd pretend I'm fired up. I'm not fired up, man. I don't I don't necessarily want to punch someone in the face today. Yeah. I don't want to be that tough guy that gets up and, and walks all over someone. But that's what we needed for the team. Yep. And at times, um, you know, like every time I had a fight, we never lost the game. Is you know, that right? That's right. We never lost the game. You know, it, it, wow. it, it just happened that way. In times, though, it's a real fine line in getting it right. Yeah. Because you think about this. Sometimes I'm I'm – I'm happy, man. I don't want to get all angry head on and get out there and do that, but that's what I've got to do for my team. Um, so when you get to that situation, there's a fine line of doing it properly and then crossing that line. And there's times when I cross that line, I look back and I cringe and I go, man, what a dick. Yeah. Or I look back at some of the guys that are doing some stuff today, I go, bro, relax, um, which is, you know, you go back to my games and you just think, what were you thinking at times? But um, you, you're not thinking because you've got this angry head on and you've got a role that you've got to do and a role that you're not necessarily feeling like you want to do, yeah. but you've got to do it, right? You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend Series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. It's a double-edged sword, the role of enforcer, and as you said, it's a very fine line, but you also become the target. Yeah, of course, and, and easily. Um, poor Rohihi, he, um, he targeted me right in front of the post against the Cowboys, mm. got their head high, he let me know about it. Like, the, the thing is, if you are able to keep your body intact and play uh, till later on in your years when you've got so much more clarity as a true adult, Yeah, that's where that's where you get to prosper. Mm. Um, the great ones that can, keep in mind, because you look at things through a different lens yeah. and, and, and a better lens. You know what I mean? You just – there's so much I'll do. I'll go back and I would change. Uh, but, you know, you can't. That's life. It's finished. Um, you've got some fans. You've got some people who just – think you're a thug and there's mm. some people who, who who meet you afterwards or meet you out of that environment and go man you're the nicest guy i've met i know you know and mm. but that's that's what you do and uh, i think that's what i had with mick in, at that time and that's why i decided to leave uh, the warriors because i think in 2005 mick wanted me to still be that enforcer guy he called me into his office because i thought you know what i'm going to be uh, that work or someone do other sort of things. And he said, I don't know if we really want that. And I said, well, I don't know if I really want that because I was getting hammered on radio and then my wife and my family and everything else. Like I didn't have kids at the time too, because that would have been um, pretty hard for them yeah. hearing pieces. Um, so I thought, you know what, David Solomon, a good friend of mine, he's overseas. He said, we'd love to have you over here. So gone. See ya. Right decision, wrong decision. As we sit here in 2021 and you look back. I always make things the right decision. I find a way to make it the right decision. Love that. Um, you know, because then I go, and, and, and that's the thing. At the time, was it the right decision? I'm not too sure. When I left league uh, to go to boxing, was it the right decision? I've made it the right decision. Now, at the time, I was giving away the biggest contract I've had in my life and stability. You give me a year later, after that, it was probably the worst decision I've ever made. Yeah. But now, 
um, because of what I've done as a result of dealing with the cards that get put in front of me, it is the right decision. Did you enjoy Wakefield? Man, I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. Good group of dudes, man. Um, and the English people, geez, they love that game. Yeah, they do. They love that game and they're very vocal. Um, I'm a real homebody, so I, I, I miss my family. Um, I, I, I miss um, uh, being around my family and friends. Mm. Um, and and it, it, early on, I was like, it just felt weird putting on a different jumper because like all I thought about, all I dreamt of was, was playing for the Warriors. But when I reflect on the friendships I made at the club, and how special it was to go and live over there, albeit for a year, because after a year I decided that was enough, I'm going to come home. When I had another year on my contract, my wife was fully pregnant. Mm. Um, you know, my friends had played there for another five, six, seven years on after that. It's like, wow. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a nice time, Andy. Good people, man. And um, I never thought I'd ever play in the Super League because, you know, we were on tour in 2002. Yep. Gary Freeman asked me, would you ever play here? And I said, mate, never, yeah. straight away. And he goes, never say never, son. And sure enough, I made my way over there and, um, you know, it was a good time and I, I still keep up uh, with how they're going. Um, you know, I think one of the last players I played with, uh, Ryan Atkins, he's left there now. He's in his last years at, at York Knights. But, um, you know, special times, uh, especially experiencing the promotion relegation, you got some yeah. very proud fans, some very, very proud fans. And it was between us and Castleford. There was so much on the line. I think the run we had to have on the on the last six games was just unheard of. But as Wakey do, they find a way. They get there. Jason Dimitriou, yep. he was um, who's a great potential coach now. Who's going to be a coach with South next year? Mm. Wonderful player, wonderful leader. Um, you know, uh, he was there, and it was some some really good times. The boxing bug got you. Was it something you'd always genuinely thought of, or was it one of those snap decisions us blokes often make? Mate, I always dreamt of it, yeah. but when I was over in Wakefield, this is what happened, right? So uh, David Solomon has got the biggest mouth in the gym, and he's always you know, putting people under pressure, yeah. and he's putting you on the spot, and we're down there in the Total Fitness Gym, and there was a local boxer that was there, and um, you know, he was throwing them around, and then Dave, Dave goes, mate, my mate will give you a hiding. Monty will give you a hiding, you know, and then I was like, what? What? Carrying on. And then anyway, this guy was looking for a sparring partner. He was only a lighter weight boxer. Yep. He was looking for a sparring partner. Um, and it, previous to that, I when I was doing my preseason to go over to Wakefield, I was doing a lot more boxing than I've ever done before. Mm. And I was like, actually, this is quite nice. I love this. Then I went over there, sparred with that guy. His boxing manager wanted to take me to Frank Moran straight away and said, mate, you 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 found your calling boxing. You, you shouldn't be doing this. Um Let's go. And I said, whoa, 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 I've just signed a contract. I haven't even played uh, a game yet, um, and this is this is me. I'm going to be doing that. But, you know, I think that that sort of ignited and sparked a, a little flame in me. And then at that stage, I was still talking to Mick Watson a little bit, yep. and he had uh, worked with Shane Cameron. Uh, he knew that I loved boxing, and we are just having a little few little conversations uh, along the way throughout the year. And the more and more I got homesick, which was probably – level to um, how much I like boxing and, you know, and never having regrets. Um, oh, man, I want to do this. I want to do this. So when I left home that year, uh, after a couple of times floating it to the wife who mm. was pregnant at that stage, who didn't want a bar of it. I bet. This is, this is the same wife that's in the car going to me, please don't have a fight today. Please don't have a fight today. <laughs> Doesn't even like me hitting someone else, let alone me getting hit. 
Um, I was trying to convince her that I was that I want to be a boxer, that I want to come here, and I don't want to do it in England. I want to do it at home with my dad and, and with McWatson and, and everyone else. So when we packed up and we left that, that year, we had bought a house and everything, I knew I wasn't going back. Yeah. Um, but I had a time, I had a, a short period of time to convince my wife that that was going to be the case. Um, very selfish, bro. When I look back at it now, Andy, very, 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 very selfish. But at that stage when I was there in the moment – um, and thinking about myself and what I wanted to achieve, um, that's all That's all I cared for. It was a wonderful journey, the boxing career. Do you look back fondly on it? Oh, I remember you uh, commentating my first mm. fight in Australia, mate, the legend himself. Um, yeah, look, look, I look back, and once again, there's a lot of uh, stop-starts, uh, a lot of frustration in and around the sport. It's a lot better now with the likes of Dean Lonigan and Juco and other sort of really top-level promoters uh, getting good fights yep. and, and making things happen. Um, and Australia was pretty good here in, in uh, New Zealand. It was hard. Uh, debuted in Samoa, uh, which was a wonderful thing. Uh, my dad was in my corner. Um, then my second fight was over there in Australia with mm. you at uh, Magic Millions, I think it was. Yep. Uh, that was that was that was wonderful. Solomon Hamona was on the card. Uh, but then it just got really frustrating. I was meant to fight on Chocks Hunter card. Uh, Chuck and I had an understanding that you know you get to a certain level, we do that. We could just do the the father-son thing, we could fight off, we yeah. could find a catch rate, we could do that, although Chuck was just an absolute beast. Um, and, and 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 that's how it progressed. But then I retired a couple of times because it was just too hard. I go there, fight on Chuck's card, but the, the players would, 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 um, wouldn't be there. The fighters wouldn't be there. Yeah. They'd, they'd pull out or they wouldn't be there. So frustrating. it's just really frustrating. You know in rugby league that you play on this day at this time yeah. for as many weeks as you can be, so it's easy to get up and, and prepare for it. Mm. Um, arguably, uh, getting ready for boxing is harder because it's the one person who takes that workload, takes that responsibility, takes the punches, and wants to be there in mm. the right frame of mind in the ring. But when you get up and you get down, uh, it just wasn't something I was used to, man. So um, stop, start, and then when I got recalled again a few times, uh, that was fun. Yeah. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. You mentioned the word beast. I associate beast with Shane Cameron and I reckon he was at his finest... Fresh off a wins over Daniel Amman, Anthony McCracken, and Dominic Vey, and you fought him, a, a relative rookie. A huge test, mate. Yeah. The very fight after mine, he knocked out Monty Barrett in the fourth round with the overhand right, one-punch knockout. Yeah. And Monty Barrett was the only guy to drop David Tua. Yeah. Um, so it was, man, but... Um, out of all my fights, that's my only loss. But if I could relive a fight over and over again, it's that fight. Yeah. That is that fight. So I was I was training a lot of the uh, rugby league guys because it was league versus box uh, rugby. Mm. And uh, a lot of the rugby guys would, no, no, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't mm. want to fight Monty. So two weeks before that fight was meant to take place, um, Dean rings me up, Dean Lonergan, and says, hey, mate, sit down. I go, what's happening? What's happening? I just want to fight. And he said, you know how those guys are scared to fight you. You're going to feel that way now. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I, I want you to to fight Shane Cameron. I said, what? Shane Cameron? 
And uh, like you said, I think he was uh, world ranked at that stage. Yeah. He's a guy that I admired. I've been um, in his corner many times doing a lot of things with him because he was underneath Cullen Sports with um, uh, Mick Watson and everyone else. Uh, and straight away, the fighter or the the person in me that loves challenges wanted to say yes. Mm. I was like, yeah, yes. But, you know, like my wife, yeah, my mum, Shane Cameron, uh, my lack of experience, um, all those things that come together makes it really, really difficult. But in life, um, and sometimes I look back and I use that word selfish again, um, I've been – able to sort of navigate my through my way through or negotiate or 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 prop my put my case forward yeah it gives me the opportunity to to read to live to live through the experience yeah. and i was able to do that that's a short period because it just took too long yeah there's a lot of tears there's a lot of don't do this don't do that um but but it happened but to make it worse man like you know like i think it was a couple of weeks out from it um, people were saying on radio, look, it shouldn't happen. This is dangerous. It, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, once he's killed, Dean Lonergan decided to put a $20,000 knockout bonus um, on the fight, um, which <laughs> which made yeah. my wife and my mother even more interested because it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, Shane, um, who just beat those guys in the very fight after mine, who knocked out Monty Barrett in one punch, has got um, some blood money there. Yeah. So, made it interesting, man. Wow. Your last fight, you won the New Zealand Federation Cruiserweight title. Uh, why retirement then? Was, had you ticked that box? Mate, I, I was just getting started. I had some huge plans. Yeah. Lulohe Muli. Um, I actually learned for the first time how to fight and what to do. And I was in camp with a lot of with Junior Farr and uh, Carlos Holberg, yep. who's UFC. Yep. Um, we were learning. And it was uh, Hemi Ahil, all these boys, the Fog brothers, um, it, it was amazing. I was learning from a guy that really had a way. Um, Little Hay Muller is an absolute legend. Uh, he's trained so many fighters over the years. The problem was, after sparring, when I was getting ready to defend my New Zealand title and fight for an Oceania title, um, let my hands down, had a bit of fun. The next day I woke up and I just didn't feel quite right. And I said, this, this is wrong. I was hitting the bag and there was a, a, a bit of a, 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 a bad feeling or a different feeling in my head. Yep. Um, but I'm really conscious of my body and, and knowing how it, how it is and how I feel. Um, there was no uh, double vision or blurriness or any reactions to light, so to speak, or mm. sound. But I knew it wasn't right. I went and saw my doctor, did a concussion test. We did everything else. Didn't quite work. Passed a few, uh, in terms of there was nothing that got brought up from it. Yep. But I knew it wasn't right. When I saw my doctor, who was uh, Chris Hanna in rugby league, and he took me in for an MRI scan. And then there was a, a, a brain bleed yep. uh, that had gone, because this that's why we went into that position, because over the course of the week, I got a tight back and it seemed to go lower and lower. And then I got really tight back, really tight glutes to a point where I was like, I couldn't even move. Couldn't even bend down to tighten my shoelaces. Couldn't even get my pants on. I was like almost half paralyzed. Uh, My doctor took me in for MRI straight away. It was a brain bleed that had um, gone down my spine and and it pulled in my lumbar. So that was creating that sensation of not being able to move and slowly, progressively getting tighter. Uh, and then straight away, I was like, you know, it was a scary moment. My wife yep. um, was worried. It was a brain bleed. Um, it all got cleared up and it was all fine. Um, but, yeah, that that's when I go, okay, fair enough. Um, I love this. I enjoy this. I had some huge plans. I was actually starting to get good at it. Mm. But what's, what's, what's more important, man? Yeah. You know? 
You said you're boxed in Samoa. You're also boxed in New Zealand. You represented Samoa. You represented New Zealand on the rugby league field. Is that the same experience or is it different? No doubt you're proud of both, but is it the same experience? Extremely proud of both. One was before the other, which was Tour Samoa, yep. uh, with a lot of young and up-and-comers. Um, but I think uh, knowing where Samoa you know, in terms of having been to Samoa, seeing the humble beginnings, seeing yeah. the water, um, being a very proud Samoan, um, and, and 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 having the opportunity to play against their absolute best for Tour Samoa, I've I've got to say I love them both, and I'm very proud. I always say I I, I bleed uh, black and blue. Yeah, I, I still don't think uh, playing for the Kiwis quite matched what it felt like to play for Samoa because you really felt like you were. You were, you were giving them um, uh, a real opportunity to be known yep. and have something to, to to be proud about on the world stage. Um, it was it was an amazing feeling, man. It was a, it was a lot different than playing for the Kiwis though, too, because we were over there in England and uh, 2000 World Cup. Um, we trained twice a day, but we had one set of training gear. I uh, don't know how that works, and we only had hundred pound a week. Uh, oh, but I've never been happier. Yeah, uh, the culture, um, the the team, uh, it was. It was a wonderful team, wonderful occasion. And then the very next year, I think five of us went on and played for the Kiwis. Yep. Um, but um, it was a wonderful – you know, we made the quarterfinals of the World Cup. David Solomona was outstanding mm. in, in that World Cup. And against um, the Australian team at Watford in the quarterfinals, um, I mean, I, I think I had a bit of concussion. I went off injured, but Dave was just on fire. Um, yeah. Against a very good side with Freddie and Andrew Johns and and just a team full of absolute uh, superstars. So, um, yeah, I think – Proud of both. Uh, born and bred in New Zealand. Uh, pleasure to play for the Kiwis. Uh, but I think it was a little bit more playing for Samoa because yeah. you felt like you were giving them the upper hand or you're putting them on the stage or you felt like you're really helping out uh, the, 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 the younger brother who never really gets that opportunity. That's what it felt like, Andy. Post-sporting career, you haven't slowed down in business as well. There's always a reality TV show that tempts you. <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, that experience – was that one of your bigger challenges? Um, yes and no. I'm one of those guys who was that kid at a very early age who says, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. So my wife always laughs because I'll be there. Something will happen. I can do that. Yeah. And she goes, oh, of course you can. Of course you can. Of course you'll beat them. You can do everything. Yeah. Uh, so so she waits for those, for those moments and she takes a piss out of me. Um, but it was challenging because I, I feel I've got some more at rhythm. Um, but it was also pretty hard because you're doing it in and around everything else you were doing and you would spend some, some, some long hours on it. And there's always, what makes it hard is your own, um, your own expectations of wanting to be a perfectionist or being the best you absolutely yeah. can. Uh, first of all, it's like, okay, cool. Let's just not get put out first. Let's just be the, you know, um, hopefully go mid rounds, you know, although, you know, from an early age when I sign up, I want to, I want to win, you know, mm -hmm. like win everything, even if it's achievable or not. Um, but it was a really good process, man. I really enjoyed it. We had a, a lot of good people. I actually had my 30th birthday on the show straight after we danced and stayed in, which was quite nice. Um, you know, people out of their comfort zones uh, in front of a nationwide audience. I think that was like averaging a million viewers um, weekly. That was back in the old days um, wow. on TV and Dead. So, it was pretty cool. It was fun. It was unique. There was a, there was a moment in there though, which was which was absolutely terrifying, bro. Because we'd come on live. It was the show was done live, 
And every time, you know, you get the call, Monty, you're on in one minute, uh, on after the break call, I get the back, I do a little bit of my step throughs uh, and go through the motions. Um, but I, I, I couldn't even start it. And I was like, what? And I, I couldn't get there. And then uh, Nerida Janty, who was my partner at the time, she goes, what's up? And I said, I, I, um, I, I can't get it. And she goes, get what? W- which part? And I said, no, no, I can't get it. And, and any part, I just didn't know where to start. And because I think I over rehearsed so much that it would become a blank, absolute blank. Yep. And um, and Nerida goes, "Are you serious?" But then I saw that she was panicking more than me, and she was getting more upset about. It. I said, "Look, look, just quiet. I've got this. Don't worry about this." And then um, afterwards, it was Craig Rival Horde. He said when he marked it, he said, um, "You looked as scared as a two-year-old when you walked out." There's a good reason why, Craig, and that's because I had a memory blank. I didn't know what was yeah. happening or what was going to happen when I walked down those stairs as I was holding a hand coming down to do um, a waltz. It was, um, and uh, lucky enough, muscle memory kicked in. It was fine. It was one of my better waltzes that I, that I did. Uh, but man, that was a scary moment. Like a million people watching live, and you didn't know where to go or what to do. But luckily for me, back in my sporting background i just relaxed i made her relax too so that she was fine uh but yeah never thought that i'd be worried about being in a tux and <laughs> and forgetting what to do on, on uh, national tv you've always been a pleasure to deal with either on the sidelines or ringside i still get a huge kick out of seeing you on the tv at the fights and remaining in a pursuit that you love monty beatham thank you you sir are a legend now you're a legend man great to talk to you andy We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.